Welcome to the Dutch Hall, everybody. My name is Tom Bowen, the scientific correspondent. Here's your host, Peter Van Dyke. <laughs> oh, you okay? Hey, thank you. <laughs> well, we're going to do this one a little different. Welcome, everybody, live from the Dutch Hall. I'm your host, Pete Van Dyke. Thank you for the great introduction, Tom. Uh, we're going to do a show today Well, I, based on a conversation I had with a listener that came into um, actually my wife's office of all places and uh, recognized me from the newspaper article that was written about me on the Norfolk News and said, are you the radio guy? I said, yes, I'm Pete Van Dyke. And he said, I listened to your show uh, based on the newspaper article. I listened to the female orgasm. You know that? Remember that show, Tom? Yes, I did. Did you listen to it? Yes, I did. And uh, he said to me, I don't believe anything of what you're saying. I don't believe that you live in where you say you live. I don't believe that your sister was in the room. I don't believe a, one word of any of it, right? <laughs> and, then wow. the, and, then, and then this week, you know, the lot, uh, fresh off the heels of our great episode, the, the Haitian Dwarf is in Peril, some listeners are starting to question uh, the legitimacy of the Haitian Dwarf even. They, really? Yes. That's surprising. So uh, people are questioning. They don't think he's a real man. They don't think he's a real listener. They don't believe that uh, he's... Uh, in the sort of trouble that he says he's in. And uh, that sort of doubt, that sort of uh, uh, inability for my audience to believe what's coming out of coming through the airwaves, you know, because it's an audio show, you can't see the truth that's a, that I'm trying to describe for you. They, they, they feel that we're embellishing the truth and maybe taking some advantage. Well, this got me thinking, Tom. This got me thinking about, well, that would mean that whatever we do here in an audio sh- format and not, uh, is... Uh, you know, it may or may not be true, correct? Oh, it could be just we could be spinning yarns. I, I don't know if you ever spent any time with some uh, new newfies, but uh, they're incredible at it. They love telling stories, and you never know what's true or not. Well, and the, so we can tell stories here in the Dutch Hall. We've been known to do it. Sure. And, so I wanted to tell a story. Or we, I wanted to have you in here today to talk about something that's been kind of like on my mind for some time, which is the, uh, the weed business, the, the whole weed situation that's going on in the world right now. And I thought... Well, what better way to celebrate the industry as a whole other than to uh, know what it's all about? If you don't know what it's all about, then how are you going to speak with any sort of wisdom on the subject matter? Right. So the only way to do that and, and is, uh, and we, we always have a beer with the show. You know, we can hear the, the beers on, on, you know, we're taking the caps off the bottles. You beer, can, shot. You can hear the, the ice jingling in the glasses. You know, mm-hmm. you can hear uh, lighters flicking all the time. And we're in tobacco country, so you... You know, I've never I've never seen quite so many smokers in one room before at your shows. It's incredible. <laughs> blue haze reminds me of the seventies. Yeah, it's a blue haze, and uh, yeah, it's pretty thick in here sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. And actually, it's one of the things they've been talking about getting the show on uh, uh, on television on on basic cable uh, television. They're trying. They're they made a pitch to put Life from the Dutch Hall on TV. I think I think you know what I think people would love it. I really do. I think it'd be hilarious. Well, one of the big sticking points with the television people is uh, they don't know if they're going to allow us to drink and smoke on air. Hmm. Well, what if we just put things around the beer cans, you know, so they can't see that it's a beer? How do they know what you're drinking? Yeah, we'll we'll get around it. Believe me, the rules are. I just want to know what the rules are. How do you know? How do you know what a what kind of cigarettes being smoked? How do you know? You know, you can't tell from just from looking. And you sure as heck can't tell from listening to it, which is why I'm saying instead of a. Instead of our original shot that we do to start the show, let's start the show in uh, more of an apropos way with a nice big old bonger. <laughs> what do you think, Tom? All right, that sounds great. Let's get it all packed. Is there a sound effect I can use for packing a bong? Mm. Who's, uh, 
you're gonna are you gonna take the, the green rear, one? Rear, sound of a <laughs> coffee bean grinder. <laughs> All right. You ready to do this? Yeah, ready to do it. All right, let's get it. You got the lighter ready and you're gonna take the green one, right? Right. Okay, I'll do I'll do second on theme song. Okay, right. <laughs> let's do this thing. For such a <laughs> cute little bong, Peter, that thing sure does pack a punch. Well, it could be that thing's the dirtiest bong in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Don't spill it. <laughs> the thing probably hasn't used in, in years and years. Uh, oh. oh, my goodness. Oh, okay, you're not going to hurl, are you? Uh, no, it has fresh water, Tom. It has fresh water. <laughs> I think we'll be okay. All right. Oh, my goodness. So what's the worst thing that can happen to you when you do when you have like really gross bong water? You're a water man, right? You're, you handle the water and... Turkey point, so I don't. I don't think you'd want to drink it. Definitely not. I don't know if you ever smelt it, but it's very nasty. But if you put your your lips on the top of a bong and it's, it's sucking the the water up, and the water's all putrid or mm-hmm. bad, mm-hmm. would there be any uh, consequence to come to you from from using old bong water? Well, I'm sure nothing that you inhale like that is got going to be good for you in the long run, but. Uh, no, uh, I I think that bongs should be cleaned quite regularly. Hey, when you were in uh, in your younger days or something like that, when you're living living a, a faster life than you do now as a mm-hmm. as a family man that you are, but when you were in your younger days, would you ever did you ever see a guy drink the bong water? <laughs> was that ever like a bet or like someone lose a bet? Have you seen that? I think it was an urban myth because uh, <clears throat> just spilling bong water on the rug makes you want to gag. It's uh, it's got to be the worst. There's got to be there's got to be YouTube videos out there of people drinking bong water. Oh, I can't imagine. I know that some people used to put um, like vodka or schnapps, like peppermint schnapps in the bong. Oh yeah. And then uh, then they want to drink it afterwards, but still, just nasty because really mm-hmm. all it is is tar. You know, the tar gets sucked through the water and it cools it, turns it from vapor into a more of a, a liquid or an oil form, and then it, it gets stuck in the water. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a hypothetical question. Okay. It's a hypothetical question only, and you t- I need a, co- a scientific correspondent to answer this question. It's not based on any sort of reality of a guy that would have done this a couple of days ago. It's, it's just a per- perfectly a hypothetical question. Okay. But uh, if you were to, let's say... Like, I don't know, like, um, I know that with uh, marijuana, like in order to get it to, um, to be like a used for an edible product, let's say, which is, which is a bad thing in Canada, right? Which is a bad, it's a bad, it's a level one narcotic if you, uh, an edible, isn't it? Well, or is it worse than getting caught with weed, getting caught with an edible? If you look at the, the regulations or the statutes for, on the criminal code, uh, the 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 whole category for marijuana talks about uh, a THC, 
uh, be uh, CBDs, which I don't really understand because it doesn't get you high. It's just more medicinal than anything. Right. And then absolutely it, no hallucinogenic properties of CBDs at all. It's, it's not at all. No. Just medicinal. But then there's also any derivatives. So back at the time, I think the the drug when it was written up a long time ago it was uh, targeting maybe hash, hash oil, things like that. And the penalties are even stronger for derivatives. So basically anything that you do to modify your marijuana, either make it stronger or change it in some way, is considered to be a derivative. Right. So you fall under that category. But it's been challenged, and out in B.C., about two years ago, a gentleman got caught with some uh, cookies. He had a kind of a compassion club out in B.C., and they busted him with the cookies. And they challenged it, and the judge, I believe it was superior court level, said that um, they were to, they, they dropped all the charges against him and told Health Canada and the federal government that they had 12 months to change the laws to incorporate derivatives because they had no right. It was a, under our charter of freedoms, it was our right to, to do whatever you wanted to with it. And, and definitely eating it fell in that category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just the re reason had to take over eventually. Like someone had to actually like fucking uh, like think about what made sense. So in this case, just, just so it, because maybe yeah, I'm but like, it still doesn't make sense. They they have to change it. They've got a year to do it. But they who, know who they told them to ch that the government has to change it. The, the the judge who saw this court case. Oh okay, and he's like a Supreme Court judge for BC. Or Not something? Supreme. Or, it was it was a lower court, but they he basically dropped all uh, charges against this gentleman. Oh yeah, yeah. for possession and uh, and and let him go. I wonder how that would work out. A judge can just tell the the government to change the law, like like. Uh, uh, it's just more of a, a more of a public statement than a, like a challenge, isn't it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think they 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 have certain means, like within his ruling, if he wanted to put that in the ruling. Now the federal government could um, appeal that ruling, right, right, and then that would have to go to an appeals court. Oh yeah. So yeah. Okay. Well. Anyways, it's good that the, at least there's some some something's being done. It's just not being right, done fast right. enough. It's well, a, they, they should have included CBDs, though, because CBDs is a, a chemical compound that uh, is, you know, at one point historically in the plant was probably at a 50-50% level with THC, and they kind of counteract each other. Right, right. So you wouldn't, you know, you could consume and, and, and smoke and do whatever you wanted with it, and you probably wouldn't get very high, but you still got the medicinal properties from it. Yeah. Over the years, of course, uh, you know, everything was geared towards a black market, and, and the big sales weren't getting high, so they've done crossbreeding and whatever they can to yeah, make get it. the THC levels up to ridiculously <laughs> high levels. Like I just saw one uh, on one of the medical marijuana sites. It was 29.5% THC. Yeah. And that's pretty high. So the CBDs. That, on the that, other that's hand. like, that's beyond medicinal use. Like when you, when yeah, you, that's when that's like uh, probably what five to five times stronger than it would have been even ten years ago. Like it's just it's yeah. gone insane. And, that, and and there's both sides of the issue, right? Like you think about the the medicinal aspect of it, it seems ridiculous. You know, you see some of the research that that you've see, that seen with the. Uh, um, seizures for young young kids you know that mm -hmm, had mm -hmm. like the that famous case of the charlotte's web uh, right, uh, right strain of, of marijuana where the girl had like multiple seizures to the point where she was not developing um properly that she was having like, 300 seizures a day i think or something mm -hmm. where you know it started to affect her ability to learn to walk because she's too busy having seizures all the time right so the kid was really starting to you know break down and then they found these this the high cbd levels and this strain, Charlotte's Web, uh, 
really like it, it changed her. She was only having one a day, and then she started to become. Well, like, she's just one of probably thousands now in the U.S. that are are seeing the same benefits and. Excuse yeah, me. it's pretty hard to argue it, and when it's just happening all around you, like it's, it doesn't seem like it's something that you can even find a counterpoint to. You know, like it just doesn't make sense. You know, well, so even back in the eighties, I had a friend that had um, Tourette syndrome, mm-hmm. and he used to. It was a weird Tourette. So he wouldn't walk around malls yelling and swearing at people, but he got really weird tics, and he'd get. He was like a, a skipping record where he'd have to repeat the same. Uh, series of uh, motions or, or things over and over again. Like he'd, he he'd go from one end of the room to the other and adjust the little trinket on his TV, and he'd do it like literally. How old for was high... he? How old was he? He was uh, when, you knew. when I met him. He was in his early twenties. Early twenties, eh? Yeah. So, so what, you think as the... he gets older, maybe he'll just start saying fuck, like because he'll just be so sick of doing those twitches, he'll just start saying fuck with them. I don't at know. At least it'd be more fun. What he did was he smoked pot, <clears throat> and he was an incredible athlete. He was a like an officer wrestler um, back in high school. He also was a jockey. Yeah. Um, worked on the thoroughbreds, and he found that when he smoked marijuana, it calmed him down, and he stopped all his tics, and he he was able to live his life quite quite normally. And you think back to something like that and you think, well, there is a profound effect on the brain. And whether it's, you know, I often wonder about um, autism, things yeah. like that. Like there's got to be some, some, some benefit there. Like we, uh, we should be looking at these I watched things. a YouTube video today and it was a guy who was, uh, um, they were interviewing a bunch of these guys that were growing in, in uh, Colorado. Right. And uh, so the one guy was uh, talking about the medicinal aspects of it, and he felt he was helped as a young as a younger man. He had a hard time concentrating, and when he found uh, marijuana, he started achieving better in school and being more able to kind of like function better. And he said that he believed very early that it some people just benefited from the from the uh, drug, right? Well, it's funny you say that because uh, with all honesty, that that kind of parallels my story uh, when I was. In grade five, they gave me some IQ tests. I wasn't doing. Actually, they almost failed me in grade four if my parents hadn't lost their mind because I had a, a, you know, a negative teacher. Um, I would have been failed. But in grade five, they made me do these IQ tests and found out I had extremely high IQ. So they skipped me from grade five to grade seven. But no matter what I did, and I went to special classes and, and looked at different learning techniques and things, I just never could uh, do well in school. And that, uh, by grade seven, they skipped me from five to seven, and then in grade eight, they put me in an enrichment program, thinking maybe that would help. Same thing, you know, it was kind of behavioral, nothing bad, like I never hurt anybody, but disruptive. And if things got too quiet, I would want to shake things up, because it's to entertain myself. Sure, yeah, yeah. It was always like that. And in high school, I remember my first year of high school, I had like low 70s, and uh, wasn't doing very well, wasn't very confident, and... uh, got involved with uh, smoking marijuana. And it was, at the time, believe me, it wasn't a big deal. Like, it was the, uh, I'm trying to think of the year now. What was it? Was it? Early 80s, so it was before Reagan's war on drugs. <laughs> How old were you when you d- smoked for the first time? Uh, it's grade nine. Grade nine, so that's like, what, 13 or 14? Yeah, I had skipped a grade, so I was oh. like, really should have been, it was grade eight. You were like 12. Uh, 13. 13? I, yeah, 13, yeah, yeah. I think. And, um was funny all of a sudden my grades everything just kind of turned around for me academically and it was weird i mean you know we'd there's a whole group of people i mean at the time when i went to high school you'd go through the smoking area and it was like a turkish bazaar yeah 
there was everything being sold, every yeah. kind of drug. People were doing all kinds of crazy behavior, putting, you know, tablets of acid under their eyelids. And I never Jimi Hendrix it. trick. Yeah, I never did anything. That like was that. at your high school? Yeah, my high school, Fort Erie High. Oh yeah, was there a tough? Was it a t notorious tough school? Oh yeah, it was border town. We had a lot of fights, fights every day. My bus stop, there was a fight every day. And if people weren't fighting because they're mad, they're fighting for entertainment. Oh yeah, yeah, it was like gladiator. Did like you fight too? No, I never did. Never yeah. had to. I was lucky. I was bigger than. Uh, even though I skipped, I never was the little kid. Yeah. I was always as big as the next guy in athletics. So. They kind of knew, like, you know, you'd, you'd smash the guys enough times in phys ed class and they'd kind of leer away from you when it came down to getting boot to boot. And I know it yeah. wasn't in my nature to beat people, but it was probably because at that point I was smoking weed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so, probably, you know, that's, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to fight. I felt <clears throat> terrible. I watched these people fight and I would be sick to my stomach and think, oh, they're, it's so horrible. Like, what is, what are they doing to each other and why would they even bother? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's so ridiculous. So my grades, grade 10 went up uh, remark uh, remarkably probably into the low 80s and from there uh great but, uh, but I, I gotta ask you a question during that time when you were young and you're uh, smoking would you um would you smoke you would smoke when you weren't drinking right you would right. just smoke without any like it wasn't part of a party atmosphere no what it was was we would go to school in the morning right. and then everybody would go down to the tracks which was near our school and everybody gets get high Right. Or in the smoking area, it didn't matter. I mean, you walked the halls, it smelled like bad, homegrown, and it was pretty crazy back then. So you'd walk in, you know, and people would go get high, and then it, you'd have smoke break. Maybe you'd run down again, maybe not. And then at lunch, for sure, though. Right, right. And my, like I said, my grades just went through the roof. And by the time I finished grade 13, uh, taking all the science courses, all the math courses, everything, you, you know, I had a 92 average. <clears throat> maybe and, you're just a, a more interested. Maybe you're just more interested because you're baked. No, because the thing was, I, I was able to contain my energy or my maybe my mental energy. Like, uh, to be honest, from my perspective, what it did was it allowed me to focus better. Right, right. And not to act out and not to feel the need to act out. Maybe it was a little bit of paranoia in there. Oh, right, right. Kept me, kept me under, under wraps. And I believe, truly believe after, because I ended up going into the education and teaching and working with a lot of uh, kids and kind of I'd see myself in them sometimes and it was it was it was before the Ritalin days but I was definitely probably attention deficit and I even had people that worked you know specifically right. who said you know you remind me of but they never had Ritalin thank God mm -hmm. and I just found that uh, that weed really made all the difference yeah well uh, I I would say like I had a vastly different uh, <laughs> like high school experience at least with weed I didn't even see it in high school at all you're kidding no, I I remember. Yeah, but Pete, how much younger are they than me? Uh, probably five years or so. Okay, well, let me tell you. Grade nine was like a Turkish bazaar. By grade thirteen, no smoking area anymore. The war on drugs was in full force. You yeah. know, the the whole this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. Everybody got totally against it. It went from being very mainstream and cool to being very hidden. You know, and right. people people didn't. Uh, you know, the, the the kids knew, and a lot of them did, and a lot of them didn't And at that point. But definitely it wasn't as, as crazy or as wide open as it used to be. Uh, first time I ever saw it, we were at a party on Powerline Road just outside of Brantford, right? Like it was a, like a, it wasn't a very developed road. I think it was like a country road, right? By, <coughs> by Paris, you know? Right. And um, there was a house party out there, and we decided we were going to crash it. We were young kids, like probably uh, 16 or so, you know, mm -hmm. like just driving. 
So we were looking for something to do driving around. We heard there's a house party out there. We stopped in. We went in. It was older older kids from another school. <laughs> we didn't know anybody, right? We walk in there, and we kind of stuck out like sore thumbs. And uh, we went into the basement, and they were smoking uh, hash in the basement, and we could smell it, you know, and uh, recognized it. And then, uh, uh, like, someone recognized the smell and then told us about it. Like, I was that naive, like, what is that? You know, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, just interested, you know, like, but uh, we didn't uh, dare to partake in it, you know, you just would, we just got out of there, you know? <laughs> really? You yeah. didn't even think to try it? Well, we weren't invited to. We were, we weren't, they weren't very happy about us being there at all, so they weren't like, offering it up. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, so it wasn't a very hospitable party. I don't know. We were kind of uh, awkward kids, too, just kind of uh, nudging our way in like American Pie, like just uh, losers. <laughs> really? And, and knowing Norfolk the way I know it and, and perceive it as being such an agricultural area, I would assume you could have got weed easy when you're a kid. I was, uh, but uh, lots of it for cheap. Well, I, I didn't grow up here. I was in Brantford. Oh, you're in Brantford. You're right. Like, oh, well, that's where I went to high school, right? Right. So anyways, but still, you were here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, but I was not wired that way. You know, it just wasn't. It wasn't on my radar. My first time. What about I, your brother? <laughs> he was a different story. A Norfolk boy, though. I think maybe I'm not going to throw him under the bus. I'm the one coming out of the closet on this show, not him, right? Right. <laughs> so I, no, I I had uh, so I had no no experience when I was a kid, like not not at all. And then uh, when I was dropped, I dropped. I say I dropped out of high school because I uh, knew I wanted to go to university. But I said, well, I need to make some money for it. So I had a job trucking tobacco, and I was when I was eighteen. And uh, one of the guys I worked with, um, I, I was dropping him off after work. Right. And uh, we we stayed and had some drinks in his shop, and he and he was a big uh, pot smoker. I think it was hash too. It was a hash joint at the time. With like, I think it was. Uh, it just hash rolled in paper. Really? Yeah, and and uh, they would just smoke hash joints. Not like even that. tobacco. I don't even know if there's tobacco. Maybe a bit of tobacco, but mm. uh, that's what it was. Yeah, there was tobacco in it. I think. And I remember getting the dog drunk, and then like it's, they oh. smoking a joint with these guys. It was my first time ever. They passed it to me, and I'm like, ah, oh, what the hell? I'll give it a shot, right? And did you get high? Oh, I got super baked. I got like yeah, ridiculously awesome. baked, and uh, it was. Uh, and then I had to get home. So then I was like, how the heck am I going to drive this car home? Like, it's, uh, so it seemed an impossible task. Eh? It's funny how some people say they never, the first time they try it, they never got high. You hear that all the time. Oh, really? Well, I do remember one time before that. This is the real time. There's, I, they always say there's two times. The first time doesn't, there's the very first time doesn't really count. Right. That was the first time that worked. Okay. Oh, okay. The first time that I actually smoked weed was, uh, this was a uh, my dad had uh, there was an old tobacco kill. We were to, we were tobacco farmers, right? Right. And so um, there was a, we were renting. Uh, we wanted to get extra kills in because uh, it was getting late in the season. So we rented these old stick kills uh, on another farm uh, down the road or whatever. And uh, we get when we go into these stick kills, they haven't been used in a few years, so you have to go in and make sure the burners work and all that stuff. So my dad goes up and looks in the burner, and there's. A bunch of pot plants hanging like in there. <laughs> they had dried and forgot. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They dried and forgot about them or whatever. And so he cuts them in. And he's showing, he's showing us like he's it's driving around the farm truck. He's getting a kick out of. It. He throws it at me and he, he's he's like, look at this. Like uh, what what's you know? He never even thought you'd take it. Yeah, like or he, I think he was like gonna joke around like it was mine, you know. But I didn't. I, I never even seen it before in my life, you know. Like I was right. like, okay. <laughs> it was okay. the first time. And I'm like, what is this? And he's like. <laughs> It's weed, and and you're showing them the Mexican guys that work for us and stuff, and they're all taking off little nip, nips of it too, eh? Like you could see them all looking at it, but then breaking a piece off and put it in their pocket, you know? <laughs> well, that's what we did too. We we broke off some leaves, and you think back, they're just leaves. There's no buds. We're, they're just the 
oh, leaf, really? yeah, right? Yeah. And we grinded well, it. Well, that's up. your problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was nothing to smoke. Nothing yeah. to smoke. I tried to, yeah, I tried, I didn't get anything off of it because I didn't know what I was doing. That was just, I don't even know who the other guy I was doing. It was probably Chargers, to be honest with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the theater, you, you know how good this act is that we're pretending to smoke weed? It's like uh, it, our mouths even sound cotton mouthy yeah. on the air. That's how good mm. actors we are. Yeah. Well, the coughing, too. Yeah. <laughs> we coughed. That was a great. I've been working on my cough all day. I was saying this little performance piece I'm going to do at the beginning, you know, where we <laughs> pretend to smoke, smoke a bong, you know? You know what I found amazing is the way that your complexion kind of went white for a while, and I was worried. <laughs> and then you got your color back now. Well, the old green out, eh? The old green out happens from time to time. Old whitey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. You know, but with for me, the weed, like in university, I saw it more often. There was, uh, you know, you go to university, it's going to be around you more. And I hung around more a hippie crowd. And so it came up more often. I started to enjoy it a bit more as more and uh, see the different ways you could use it to enjoy yourself. and to, Or just to kill time. Well, actually, I didn't do it that way. Most of the time no. it was because uh, I was always had just a little bit and I'm Dutch. So I like I always squirrel it away and like <laughs> save it for a special occasion. Save. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to go see a good movie. I'm going to like smoke this joint. You know, I'm gonna go, sure. Yeah. And then or like whatever, you know, you do something for a special occasion, you know. And then uh, that's the way I always treated it. It was just kind of a nice little treat once in a while. You could treat yourself, too. And I more oftentimes than not, because I did it so sparingly, I would get way too baked because I had no tolerance for it. And uh, it was usually involved drinking along with it, and you never really got an appreciation for it, it on its own, you know, like living the lifestyle of a of a, a regular a, pot a regular smoker. pot smoker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I got, I got a feeling that uh, you, if you really were people were honest and you did a poll, you'd find most people probably smoke the way you do. Like in today's day and age, you've got probably a a, a million little baggies and a million freezers, you know, and then yeah. and. Nothing that's great if you want to, you know, try it every once in a while on a special occasion. No reason why not, you know. Right, right. At all ages, too. You know, it <clears throat> often surprises me when I bump into people that are well into their 60s and, and even older that uh, that like to smoke. Yeah. It's well, it, funny. It, it, they're all coming out of the woodwork. It is like coming out of the closet. It's like a whole bunch of people, like, you know, um, they eventually admitting that, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Like, I can't believe the amount of people that you talk to that I've seen people that have, you know, pretty important jobs, you know, in the, that I've spoken to that are pretty open about their, their pot smoking. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, when it's just you and them talking, you know, they, they'll, they'll be kind of open about it. Cause for me, I mean, it helped, it helped me quite a bit. I had quite a bit of, uh, I can, I consider it medicine more than anything else now, like now as an old man, mm -hmm. but I rediscovered it when I was already in my late thirties. Then I, I kind of uh, was told by someone that I need to uh, try some, try it. Right. You know, like, you need to try it because right now you are, like, uh, you know, a very angry person. You right, know? Right. And, uh, like, not well, you know. So, so it, it did set me straight for a bit. For a bit. Like, it's tough. You can never, I, I, I truly doubt you can't, people can't run from their demons regardless of what type of drug you do. Especially harder drugs, they just create more demons for you. Yeah, yeah. But you I don't know, consider people... it any different than if you have, say, um, if, if you have a, a going to your doctor for anxiety and they give you some anti-anxiety pill or something like mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. you're going to take that thing the same way. Like, you're just going to try to get through your life 
popping those pills, but feeling justified because your doctor told you to take this pharmaceutical drug, right? Right. right. That, that to me that b- bothers me all day long when something that like uh, weed used in appropriately for what it, or moderately, yeah, moderately, right. you mm-hmm. know, like into the point where you're able to function better, not function worse. Right. And then you can. That's a better way to live. And once in a while, you know, you go a little overboard and get and get a giggle in. What's the what's the harm in that, right? <laughs> Nothing wrong. <laughs> but with the that. same thing goes with those things. You know, the people that take the anti-anxiety pills and they say don't drink with it. Oh, don't tell me they don't take an extra every once in a while just for a little, you know, a little rip. Yeah, I took. Oh, I I, I, took, I had to sleep or I had to do this or I had to do that. I was traveling. Oh, forget it. Once you, they start popping <laughs> pills, it's just a matter of now what else can I get? You know, and they end up popping three, four, or five different ones. Yeah. You know, in the pain pain meds, like I anybody out there who's um, un, in pain, and I understand if you do take um, pharmaceutical uh, drugs to help manage that pain, but I know it can it can be a tough uh, road to haul, and a lot of people do get addicted, which in and of itself is uh, you know a tragedy. And I've never. Yeah, and those are and and then then there's a and then there's a huge black market for the stuff too, right? Oh, huge market, and they spend <laughs> they they charge a lot of money, and and people heifle pills from their grandparents, and problems yeah. probably there's cases where people don't get the medicine they're supposed to because somebody's stealing it from them. I think if you look at the drug problem they have in high schools now, it's usually with the pharmaceuticals, right? It's usually with the oxys and stuff like that. I think. Yeah, I've heard about it. I you know I I can't imagine it, but uh, I know it's taking place, and I know that pharm- pharmaceuticals have always been an issue in, in people's uh, uh, drug cabinets, you know, and and it's not like this is the first we're hearing about it, but it just so happens that. Uh, yeah, but it's a big problem, like oh. the the oxy problem and stuff like that for for kids. Like it's you hear about it. I, I hear about it in our community, uh, kids that are that go like uh, nuts, uh, like that have a hard time getting off the. Oh yeah, the yeah, oxys yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what is that? That's a heroin based drug. <clears throat> right. Form. Yeah. Um, what's that? Um, there's a word for it. Uh, I can't even think of it. What's it when it's an uh, opiate? Opiate. Yes. There you go. Yeah. That's the one. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, I was, it's yeah. an opiate, right? Sure. And that's the dangerous stuff. You know, I got I got uh, one time because I had a bugger, I had a slip rib. I went in and I got uh, uh, they, I couldn't even lie down. I couldn't do nothing. I just, you know, it was terrible. So I go in there and tell me they told me I had uh, whatever. So I told them I had a slip rib. I knew what it was. I couldn't get in the chiropractor till Monday. The guy gives me these oxy cosets, which are oxys, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyways. I took I took sets, I think. Oxisets. Is that what was, something yeah, like, like that. it's like a co- maybe codeine based. Uh, you know, it might not be an. I don't know. It I've never like, taken it. It was so like uh, five milligrams or something. It was very very slight. It was yeah. like an oxy light, like a like a tab. Well, I, th- cool. yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like like not a. I took one of them and I was like, all my pain went away. It was wonderful. Like mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm. felt great. And then at one time I took two. And it was like uh, I thought this is even better, and I, I don't want to ever see these things again. You know, like that's what I thought, because <laughs> I know how good it could be, and that was like a light, light dose. Well, the reason people get hooked, it's not even because it, it feels great to them; it's because they become chemically dependent mm-hmm. uh, quite quickly with those drugs, and then they they get physically ill if you don't have them, and then they go on maintenance programs for their entire. Well, well life. is it, it, it when you say they become chemically chemically dependent, they still feel good, don't they? No, actually, eventually they just go on maintenance programs because it becomes too expensive to maintain their habit. And so actually, like, what nowadays, happens when they stop? What happens when they stop? Uh, they become physically ill. They, they go through withdrawals. They, you've seen train spotting. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Or when Albert Engels pukes the milk up when he's trying to get off the morphine. Sure, and some people die. Like uh, I've got a friend well, that, that uh, I've known for a long time. He's He doesn't live here. He lives from Europe, and he's a family connection, but he's been a heroin addict for about 30 years. But he hasn't done heroin in probably 25 years. He's just a methadone addict now because oh. he got on a program over there. But if he comes over to Canada and stays for a couple of months, he'll bring his prescription. He gets excited, though, and sometimes he takes more than he should because it is a maintenance program. He might want to get a little buzz, and then by the end of his trip, he's always out of pills. And then it becomes this mad dash where he's oh, yeah. trying to go to doctors to get some sort of you yeah. know, replacement, and he's sick as a dog, and you think he's going to die because yeah. he's like 60. I think he's 65 or 66 now. That's a big problem. Eh? That's, uh, I think the people in the uh, AA world... They don't recognize the methadone people as being clean, right? Like they're still well, they're not clean, really, right? Because they're still dependent on. It's the just drug. like a step down. They're supposed to step down. No, it's more just maintain so you don't get sick, and then uh, it's. Uh, but it gives suppose. you a buzz, like the same thing, or like a get. What is it? What does methadone do? Well, methadone, if you just took it and you never taken the drugs before, you'd get that that same type of high that you would get from uh, say an oxycontin or a tylenol 3 or a snort of heroin or whatever it was that you decide to try oh okay right but it's at that stage where they get it they've also they've already become addicted and probably a much higher level so they do try and step down but they give them a maintenance program so they don't walk around sick all the time they they just take what they need to go from day to day to day they become slaves oh yeah and you'd just be better to get over it, right? Sure, you would, but a lot of them can't. Because they're not physically able to withstand the, what it would take to get over it? Uh, or well, whether they're, yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. I mean, who knows who's the judge? But the unfortunate thing is that they don't have an alternative like marijuana. Like some people never knew oh, yeah. that they could utilize that for whatever it is that ailed them uh, pain wise. And instead, they just immediately went to the opiate-based drug that their doctor gave them, and then they became addicted. Right. At least if they took pot, you know, they could smoke as much as they want, or marijuana, or medical marijuana, ingest it, do whatever they need to do to, you know, alleviate their pain, and then they may never get in that cycle of addiction. Well, yeah, yeah. And I think mm -hmm. that the... I agree, and I think even the, the, the things that they... Uh, the side effects that you get from the marijuana, I, I believe, are... Way la like way uh, more tolerable than the other side effects you're getting from the pharmaceuticals, don't you think? Like, what's the what's the side effects from marijuana? Right? It's like you, you could get. Uh, well, they're more social than they are phys physiological, really. Like, I could I could smoke a marijuana cigarette and and probably take an IQ test online or do whatever and and score quite well, as high as ever. I watched Drunk versus High on the YouTube videos today as part of my research for this show. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that's my research I did today. And then, uh, so it was Drunk versus High. The guy did a, a series of tests, like, I'm going to do something, I'm drunk, and then I, and do the same thing when I'm high. And then, so one thing was, like, uh, draw a picture. You know, the drunk guy drew a shitty picture, and the high guy drew a really fantastic picture. Uh, I, I can't understand. They had to do one verse after the other. They, they kind of seemed like it was all planned. Right, right. <laughs> but anyways, then the... Well, they probably did it on different days. Yeah, like, yeah, I, mean, I guess just so. just filmed it, you know, like the progression down the drink line <clears throat> and do your tests and then, you know, smoke weed. Yeah, yeah. But it, the test was basically the, the physically when they had to do like a, 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 an act of physical like coordination or something like that, like mm -hmm. an exercise or something like that, the, the, the uh, high guy would do way better.
sure. the, the drunk guy would be would, would do right. worse, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing was. Uh, you just got a hard time getting the guy that's smoking off the coach to do the physical activity. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have the great idea. It's the actual get up and go that sometimes yeah, is lacking. Yeah. Although some people, they smoke and they get, they, you mm-hmm. know, and there's different types of marijuana. And if you go down and watch any documentary in the U.S. and you can walk in and say, yeah, I want something I want to clean the garage with, you know, and they'll say, oh, well, you should smoke this. And it's a... Uh, you know, heavy indica strain and da 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 Yeah, yeah. Like, the U.S. is amazing now. They've got, um, I saw that they have, like, chocolatiers down there that make chocolate, and they, they can tell you, like, each each uh, each truffle will contain so many milligrams THC and so much CBD or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's quite they, amazing. And they, uh, I hear you can have a catered meal where every uh, piece has uh, some THC sort of... in it. You know, like the olive oil and the salad dressing, and the you know the uh, the even the wine has THC in it. You know, sure, but, yeah, sure. And they are able to measure it all out to to be able to gauge the effect. You know, because they've got it down to that much of a science. Eh? Well, I know you can definitely make beer out of marijuana because I I experienced it when when I was a lot younger. I had a girlfriend whose uh, stepfather used to make it. He'd make beer all the time, but he did it old school. Like he'd uh, boil his hops and he'd do, you know, use all the components instead of getting a kit. Yeah, yeah. And hops, if you look at hops and smell them, they've kind of got that kind of same yeah. smell. And they they look alike, like a bud, you know, yeah. like a marijuana bud. And they're actually from the same uh, genus of plants, but different species. But you can definitely substitute them. So that's what he would do is he would get... You know, it would be fall time after his, his har- harvested his plants, and he'd take set some of it aside and put it into his beer. And he'd always bottle it and save it for Christmas because the the rule was around their house that you know we couldn't be heathens; we weren't smoking weed on Christmas, right? <laughs> so he'd pull out these beers, knowing that none of the ladies would ever drink the beer. They never drank beer; they always drinking wine. We'd drink, and nobody would know. Oh, yeah. We'd have a like a you know hoot nanny good time. And it worked good. Oh yeah. It was what was it like a different buzz or anything? No, it was like eating it. Like eating it, yeah. Oh, Except yeah. you're drinking it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It, well, that brings me to my point. That I never finished. Okay. Hypothetically, if a person was to make uh, uh, butter, you know, by in, in a pot, right? You know, like if you were to put a pot and you boil it in water, you put the sticks of butter in and all the shake or whatever, and you and then afterwards you, you like, didn't add water to it. Though. You boil it in the water, like you break down, you you put the boiling water and you put the butter in it, and then you put the uh, shake in it, right? And then then you uh, simmer it up, like make a little soup, and then afterwards it cools, and the uh, fats uh, oh, separate. So you skim it. Yeah, the fats separate, mm-hmm. and that takes the THC in it, and that's how you make butter, right? That's how, right, right. So that's, that's what uh, the, my internet research said today. Right. So if you were to do that, this hypothetical situation would uh, and you were to have a pot, that same pot, you washed it out. You thought you washed it out pretty good. And then, <laughs> right. And then you put uh, oil in that pot to like fry up, uh, say, perch, like Gary perch or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then serve that to your family. Is there any chance that you could have? Somehow, given your made your family high like that by accident, mm, I would doubt that you would. Is that, tra- there, I doubt there'd be transfer at any quantity that would make a difference. <laughs> right. That's you know. what. That's what the gamble. There might have been. <laughs> there might have been some residuals. Oh no, that's a guy. <laughs> Never mind. No, I'm just kidding. That's a whole made-up story. I thought of that on the. <laughs> I thought of that when I did my internet research today. 
<laughs> Where are we going with that? We're going, okay, so we should probably do feedback. We got feedback and uh, figure out what happened with the old Haitian dwarf. So where is it? We got feedback. Feedback. Oh, welcome to feedback. We got feedback, everybody. Um, last week's episode was called, um, what was it called? The Haitian Dwarf is in Peril. It was a Haitian Dwarf is in Peril. And I don't know, I, li- I like the episode. I listened back to it. I actually thought it was pretty, pretty good. I thought... Uh, Charters put on a stellar performance, and he came up with new material. He came up with a new jingle. Did you hear the new jingle? Have you heard the episode yet? Oh, no. No, haven't, I haven't okay. had a chance. Super Busy getting ready for a trip. I'll ask your wife, yeah. Um, well, anyways, the feedback has been fairly strong about it, and most people uh, were fairly unconcerned with the Haitian Dwarf. They figured that he would, we would work it out, and we did. And uh, <laughs> I'm, li- I'm a little distracted by my beautiful wife who's taking my picture. Well, I wanted to say, we talked a bit earlier, we hinted at about this TV business, so I just thought I'd let you uh, bring it up to speed on it. Um, they they uh, had approached me about uh, coming in and uh, bringing in some cameras for Life in the Dutch Hall. And I said to, um, I said to uh, the guy, I'd like to hear his story, whatever, he said, oh, it's no problem, we'll pitch it, and if it works, it works. And I said to him, because my buddy Tom Bowen once said to me, uh, when we were talking about getting a visual element to the show, he said, well, it's not going to work. It's an audio show. It's like a talk radio show, right? That's right. what you said? And then you said um, that uh, you think that the, even Howard Stern, when, it, when he went on E, like he was... Uh, yeah, the, I mean, they, it they lost something. A right? lot, oh, definitely lost something. They had a lot of sight gags and, you know, slapped the girl in the ass with the fish and anything to, anything to be shocking, right? But, right, right. Uh, I thought it sounded like it sounded better... Than when you saw it, like the theater of the mind that you could create when when they were describing getting hit in the butt with a fish, you right. know, yes, was to me better than seeing the girl get hit with the butt in the fish. You know it's what I mean? For sure. Riding the Sibian, like you, you don't really want to see that. Yeah, That's yeah, but creepy, you, right? But yeah. just listening to it, it yeah, yeah. is definitely hot. It is kind of creepy when you see real life. Although sometimes. I wasn't sure the the one episode of the. Uh, the tiny penis contest. I don't know if you ever heard that one, but uh, I oh laughed. yeah yeah. I was late for school. I sat in the parking lot. And my kids were waiting in <laughs> class because I couldn't I couldn't leave it, yeah. and it was awful. It was so funny, and that's I think that's where I got the original egg in a nest uh, quote from was from Howard because I think well somebody yelled that out and because they were laughing. Oh, was that from that one? Yeah, oh, yeah that was that. I, oh, I, I feel take credit like I for... pilfered it. Oh, now I got to take it all back. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to burst that bubble, but I, you know, I don't want to take. Uh, I'm pretty sure now that I think about it, that's where it came from. But, oh, good. Uh, I'm glad we know that. I just said if I had seen the uh, the visual of that, I'm sure I would have laughed even harder. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. I, I there's something to be said about it. Like if there's people that have listened to the show from the beginning, and then they have a, vi- a vision in their head of what the show's looks like and what it's like to be in this room. And then when they actually are here, like, uh, it, like, or see it, is it gonna? Is it a letdown from the vision that they created in their head of it? You know what I mean? Or is it better? I don't know. It, I, I've had people that have been fans of the show that have since been on the show, and I've and I've asked them that: Is it what you expected it to be? And they always say, "Yeah, it's it's just what we thought," you know. But I don't know. Like, there, it would there would be uh, all sorts of different perceptions of what this room looks like or what it's like to be sitting down in the Dutch Hall doing an episode like this. Well, the thing is, it wouldn't take much to do it to see. 
Yeah. You know, try it out, see what kind of response you get from it. And then the alternatives, like I know that we could get a few yucks out of the, uh, your, your, your big shows where you use the wheel and you get a lot of people here and really probably just I'm also think- more like a trailer park boys thing. <clears throat> like, uh, you know, J rods, one of J rods parties. Like people, <laughs> people just kind of want to, might want to see what, a, what other people party like. Yeah. 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 I think that it would be kind of, uh, cool if we did two shows a week where we did a, a podcast like old just a podcast podcast uh-huh. and then we do the um visual podcast with which is more like the shit shows we do <laughs> you know I, th- I think they want me to do the shit shows for tv anyways but i want i want to still do some where we talk about something once in a while too right right like right. uh so i don't know i still i'm still kind of struggling with that but uh, what, well, what one I- thing on the podcast <laughs> that, that, that i feel a freedom here on the internet that if we were to talk about some heavy topics and and what was on cable, it would concern me that uh, maybe you know Big Brother might come knocking on the door. They don't like what we got to say. You never know. Yeah, yeah. You never know. Who well, knows? I don't. Yeah, you never know. I don't even like. I don't care one bit. I stand by my opinion. I'm one man like anyone else, and I'm I have the right to the, my opinion on things. Well, right? it de- all depends on how the election goes. But if we had another conservative majority uh you know who knows how draconian things are going to get in canada over the next five years yeah yeah i guess that i don't know when to be uh, i guess i don't mind talking a bit of politics it's dutch hall and all everything but i'll tell you um i've voted conservative a lot in my life mm-hmm. and uh I'm, i just don't like when you put all your eggs in one basket where you put everything into uh oil essentially right. the only parts of our country that are doing any good where Alberta and like and Saskatchewan and then uh, now Newfoundland because they found oil they, they found a way to profit from the oil oil business but the rest of the country is kind of not doing that good at all like if you look at Ontario our wages have gone down as a we where our property values have gone up household debts through the roof right it's a terrible you just your oil centric economy so now when the oil price drops the economy's fucked. Right, you just uh, p- soon it'll be potash or something else that we can, you know, who knows? Water, water, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you, I just don't think, I just don't think that's a good way to run a country. For me, I think a country should be well. Good. Uh, maybe this is a good thing that maybe we're gonna jumpstart into, into the new age of thinking. I don't know, away from oil. Well, I hope so. That's what I really do because. With, well, what's the alternative? Just flounder and fall. I mean, I think with uh, hopefully there's more to us as Canadians than that. Well, I just you think know? it's like be balanced across the way. Like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Like, re- get resor- get uh, manufacturing, get uh, like plain old jobs. Well, that don't ship trees, ship do. houses. Huh? Don't ship trees, ship houses. We got a million con- uh, empty shipping containers lying around because uh, yeah, because we don't we don't export anything relative to what we import. So why ship trees? Yeah, just yeah. just mill them put them in a cookie cutter homes and ship them all over the world. Well, there's no reason why people can't have in Utah. Water. I think it was in Utah, which we do have listeners from Utah because we're still in feedback. Right. Right. And, uh, in, in Utah, they have, uh, I read an article where they had, uh, um, they built houses for the homeless, little homes, just little, little tiny homes. So they're nice homes. Right. But, mm-hmm. but small and modest homes. And that's what they, put the homeless in you know like if you found a homeless person you say well here this is your home now you right <laughs> and then uh they just do that and they said it solved a lot of problems they maintained self-esteem eventually got themselves going again and then they didn't need that home anymore 
Well, we still need money injected in the economy to do social projects like that. But there's no reason why it can't be an offshoot of a strong manufacturing. Right. Like I know, I know of builders who do this sort of thing. They go to they they go to Germany, all places. They think they know how to build homes. Well, of course they do, but they still are able to make money by packaging Canadian raw materials in the, in the containers, shipping them over, and building homes. Really, profit to be had. Plenty well, of there's a million different things that you can do if you're thinking of ways to do it and, and concentrating your efforts in building a balanced. Yeah, don't make potash. Don't mill potash. Make fertilizer. You know. Well, it's um, just like you. Yeah, just uh, just going at the uh, our resources as our only thing to offer. We have mm-hmm. we number one. You can't just ship all your people to where you want to build an industry. It can't be a centralized. That's what happens when we get when you get too corporatized and all the money's in one gets in one spot and all that money makes the, makes the decisions and then everything uh, then has to count out to those weird that weird machine that you have to feed, right? Right. Like, the, if it's always every quarter, you got to make more money. They just keep having to do these things to make this big, big monster. Where if we did the same sort of stuff, but on small scales across the whole country, then it works. Is this a baked idea? Or is this a real... No, no. <laughs> no, no. It's a, I'm just kidding. High hopes, right? <laughs> no, no, the thing is, like, what, what a, makes no. me wonder is what, what happened 12 years ago that made Harper decide that this is, this is the end-all and the be-all. Because he's obviously pushed it. I mean, between mining and oil, well, he's rescinded all our, he's envir- Alberta. He's all, our all-, all our environmental laws. They've made uh, all kinds of protected lakes open now to tailing ponds for mining. Um, it's 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 incredible. He's hushed all the scientific uh, people. You can't, they they can't even do studies and then go talk about it on PBS or CBC. Like what? Is, what is it? Like what is it? Is it? He's an Alberta guy, right? Is that what it is? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I've get never his, been to the province of Alberta. I really don't get his agenda, and I really don't understand how, in a democratic society like ours, how he's able to push it as much as he does. Not talk openly to the the media. Just you know. Yeah. So standoffish, and you know, <clears throat> run off to Switzerland to sign free trade deals with Asia. Yeah, like, I, like, I just think that. You know, if you look at without even telling us about it, yeah, it, it's a hard. He's, he becomes harder and harder to, to defend. You know, like as time goes on, I think if you look at any of our prime ministers, you're going to look at that they they got they got so far, and then it just got to be too much of that person, right? That's why in the states where they have two terms and then the guy's out, it's not that bad of a thing, right? Like no. more than so much time. How long it's we? It's not had, like the VP can't go on if they're a good team, you know, and and. But bring somebody else up right. from inside That's the That's what team, it should right? be, yeah. yeah. And get some fresh ideas. Get a new guy in charge. Most good companies switch out their CEOs every so often. You know, like you get a you get like a five-year contract or whatever to be CEO, and then you try to do something, and then you, they either decide to extend you for another five or they, you know, find a new CEO, right? Sure. Give you a nice golden handshake and off. And that's how it should be with the person that's running the country. Football coaches, everything else. But after a while, the same guy over and over again. I mean, it's just not, it's just, you need fresh ideas. Mm-hmm. And I, we're not, it's like a little bit, it seems like we're going backwards a lot in the, with the way things are going now, you know? Well, compared to the U.S. now, like they're all gung ho. Everything's going well. They've got, you know, they're almost uh, energy. Uh, they aren't even depending on anymore on imports for oil, gas. You know they're fracking the shit out of the U.S. and yeah, but just getting all cheap energy all they need. They're doing the same thing though. It's they're, no wonder they're, why they're, they're blocking the pipeline from Canada. Like, mm-hmm. why? Why would they build it? Why they they got their own oil? You know? Right, right. I, I I actually think that's that's a good thing that they should they should just do their own thing. They 
uh, as long as they can. If they believe that it was a good long-term plan, they already would have done it down in Utah or whatever because there's all kinds of oil shale down there too, as much as we have. Right. They but they, it's, again, it's, bro- it's a broken system though because it's this big rush, eh? It's like they, you can make all this money over there, but you have to leave your family and leave where you're living and you have to go like uh, pay through the nose just to live in mo- modest accommodations because the cost of living is so high because of the demand for the space and stuff like that. Like those, a lot of the jobs they have out there, they give you free housing and free meals, like three meals a day and stuff like that. But you're living like a, like you're like you're like a slave worker. Like you just go, go to work, go to your camp thing, and you're like camping all week working, and then, then you go fly home to Ontario, yeah, for a few days, see the wife and kids, yeah, and then go back and do it again. A lot, oh, of, a lot of people live like that. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of people live like I'm that sure. from all around here. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the way it is in the states too. They, I saw a, a show on uh, CNN about it, and they they were showing the women that are doing this. Lisa Ling, it was this is life with Lisa Ling. Anyways, it was pretty interesting because some of these women too, like you, they make all these, they take the job because they're paying big money, but then they try to live and then they can't afford it, so they're still living in their car or whatever and. You know, it's pretty uh, It's pretty tough. They say, like, right now we've gotten to a point where the imbalance of the, where the money is in the world is just so great that there's it's just stopping to make sense, and it's just going to continue. Well, just they're, to hitting, they're just coming up to the point now that the ticker's been running, and they're getting to the point where the, the top 1% is, owns 50% of the world wealth. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. It's pretty. It's it, a tipping point there. Yeah, 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 that's what a lot of people are thinking, you know, and I think there's if we are seeing changes. In Iceland right now, have, have you been following what's going on in Iceland? Well, I saw that was a, a, a while back, wasn't it, when they they fired everybody and had them thrown in jail, like all their their leaders. Was that not Iceland? Yeah, and they and they let all their bank go tits up. They're not paying yeah. any of the bank's debts off, and yeah. they're uh, like so the world's saying they're going to become the uh, the Cuba of the North uh, because of them, you know, not paying out the bank debts and the. Uh, they say if we do it, we're going to become the uh, Haiti of the North. So they just said, like, screw it. And then they, 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 as a country, there's about 300 and, I don't know, 320, 360 or something thousand people. That's the whole country. Right. And then they all formed their own, they wrote their own constitution using social media. And they wrote the new constitution for their country. And they're running the country the way the people wanted to do it. And uh, it's kind of a new model in the way people can do things kind of resetting from the old system and building it except they owe a bunch of money to foreign accounts no someone someone else does they went bankrupt as a country so they had to start again i don't know how that works it's it kind of blows my mind it's too high of a concept for me to <laughs> sit down and figure out it is crazy. how can a country go bankrupt but i i know they owe money to people but who's the country and if the country goes bankrupt then i, I just don't get it anymore <laughs> it's too much for me <laughs> jane you're smart do you know what that is no? Okay. <laughs> Hold on a second. Well, they've just dropped out of the monetary system as we, you know, as we see it, the way it's built. Right. And it, it's self-perpetuating anyway. It's a problem with the the reason the, the wealthy have accumulated so much wealth is because our banking, you know how it works, Pete. Yeah. I mean, you were a lender, but if you were full service in the banking industry, you got a guy walks through the door with $3 million dollars. Or five million dollars, and says, "I'm going to put this in your bank. I want how many points am I going to get on it?" Is definitely not getting the two percent, you know, that you're going to see on GICs. They're probably going to get five or six percent. I don't know. And why do they get so much? 
It's because they've got more money in the bank. Oh, sure. It's, everyone knows it's, it's not a secret. So it becomes quite easy. The more money you have, the more money you make. Yeah, that's right. But And also you do generally... Disproportionately. The other side of that, though, the other side of that is that generally people with money made it for a reason. or some, Like the ones that made their own, mm-hmm. like they made it for a reason. So they're going to know how to make more of it. You know, that's also why money makes money. Because, but who are these big guys that own all the, you know, have most of the money? They aren't. It's not like some local oh, guy, no, that's local old, farmer who, you know, if, has done really well in over three generations. And well, they we should we should have, we should have another bong head and talk about the Illuminati then, because or whoever we're going to get into, like, <laughs> because it's, it wasn't the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and Colonel Sanders and the Queen. <laughs> who knows <laughs> wasn't that or no the queen and colonel sanders you know i, I, I really up. didn't I, I i i had a neighbor who wanted to talk to me about that and he's such a tool that i never ever looked into it and every time i ever heard the term i just thought oh this is stupid because yeah. i didn't even want to hear it i don't even care if it's real or it's not real it's just i can't let it affect me because that would drive me crazy to think about it like i've got I've, i understand what they're talking about when they talk about that whole thing about the people that that uh you know run the whole thing and they did 9-11 the whole zeitgeist thing or whatever mm-hmm. have you seen zeitgeist yeah i've seen that or right, whatever that's uh that whole thing i'm like yeah i i don't i wish i never saw that i wish that never entered my mind because i let my life is better lived not even thinking about that like if it was the case or even if it go further to say if it was the case that it was that the whole universe as we know it is just some sort of like sims video game that we're all in and 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 us, we don't know any different because we were just part of the game, right? Now I'm starting to wonder if you do need another hit from that bong. <laughs> no, like this is they're like the Matrix or something. Is that what the Matrix? Oh, how about is? how about that? We're just uh, on a an electron flying around, you know, an atom on some dog's ass in yeah, an yeah. alternative universe, right? <laughs> right, right. And we're a tiny little speck on that. I mean, there's. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe the universe isn't really big. It's just really small, man. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Dave's not here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the other thing, you know. I was disappointed when I went to Colorado because I was excited to go to Colorado to see what's going on down there. Because like anybody, we we do live in tobacco country here in Norfolk County. And if you think about the weed business or like the what's going on in weed around the world, not just in the United States, and but like Uruguay became legalized, all co- countries, there's you hear about it every day. It seems like there's another country that's getting a more uh, lax weed policy, right? Now, mm-hmm. I think the uh, Indian reserves in the um, United States are able to all vote on their own uh, rights to, to have it. So you're going to have weed shops on the reserve before you know it everywhere right sure yeah because if it i can't imagine if it happens in the states it's not going to happen to our first nations reserves up here like around the same time i'm surprised they're already asking for it right because it makes perfect sense if i was the natives hey i should get a cut of this (laughs) (laughs) for sure yeah i mean they they surely love this but anyways yeah like we're in the we're in the middle middle of where of pirate country right like norfolk county for a history lesson for those of you that are listening from outside of the county they're still droning through our like our uh it's made this far in the podcast we're at we're at an hour or so so i wanted this is the thing if you were if if you were looking at the history of norfolk county we're we're historically a bunch of pirates right Right. And uh, from Long Point uh, back in the Prohibition days uh, and even beyond that. Yeah. Right? Like we used to have bare knuckle fighting out on the Long Point uh, Peninsula 
and they would gamble and stuff like that. And there's a, there was buried treasures and... from the War of 1812 where they had sunk the ships that had the soldiers' payroll in it. And there's a huge history of, of this, of all these bootlegging across the states or booze back and forth. You know, that was a huge, huge business for anyone that lives on a lake that borders the states, right? They used to bring it over uh, to the, uh, the Fort Erie area on sleds in the wintertime. They'd wait for all everything to freeze up, and then they'd run it over on dog sleds and, and you know, or just lug it over. They're, they'd get booze over any way they could. Right, right. Right even up to, what, 10, 20 years ago, people smuggled a lot of booze from the U.S. So it makes sense that when we, and we were also very well known for being the biggest tobacco area in the, in the country, you know, the only remaining tobacco area in the country. Mm-hmm. Like, and so... Tobacco. More smokers than you ever see, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's, an, it's obviously a very unpopular product, and it's uh, shunned by the universe. They all like are disgusted with tobacco, but we here in Norfolk County, like much like the people in probably in the South Carolina or wherever, like Virginia, or where they grow it, they would also feel like a sense of pride of their product and see the benefits to you know having a good smoke now and again, and they could see the what's a good cigarette, and what's a shitty one, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a certain amount. Once you know, but whatever you know about anything, it's gonna you're gonna take some pride in, it, right? You're you defend it a little bit more fiercely. So it makes sense to it's me. Like BC bud, yeah. Every, like, everybody in BC thinks they're the best bud in the world, right? And I think that I I think that it make only makes sense that Norfolk County would be uh, at the leading edge of pushing the 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 new weed business when we get to a full legal in in uh, Canada or a full even a full medicinal, but like. Uh, a more corporate, like, uh, sort of like, or more organized sort of uh, medicinal system like they're supposed to be promising. Sure, it's us, a right? great climate for it. And any, if, I'm sure if you ever had a police officer who works at the choppers or the drones nowadays, they'd tell you that they found plants as big as 20 feet tall. Right. With stalks as thick as your leg. And and uh, not to mention that, they all they also have all of the... Uh, the government inspectors and stuff that are coming down here measuring fields for the tobacco industry right. to make sure that people are not uh, um, engaging in any sort of black market activity with the native reserves. They're all down here doing the inspections that they do. They would, If the marijuana was grown down here, they would already have the, uh, the uh, infrastructure set up to do the same sort of checks. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and balance. So it's a perfect it, – there's so many reasons why this would be a perfect area to do it. And uh, with my recent unemployment and uh, looking at what's going on in the world, this one kind of came to the top of saying, like, well, looks like this is happening, right? What I would be a fool not to look into what's going on with the weed business. So I did. And I read the, all the policy. I read all the uh, legislation. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, my opinion is that they're making a mess of it right now. Is it? And do you think they're just waiting till the next election? Or what? Uh, uh, yeah. Is From that... what I've seen, they haven't given any new licenses out in probably five five months now, and it doesn't look like they intend to. Um, I think they're just in a holding pattern right now. Do you think it's the? Do you think uh, uh, big it's... thing in March? They've got a. They're still ruling on the old marijuana laws, where you know people are allowed to grow in their homes and backyards and greenhouses, and as long as they've got the prescription for it, they can grow. Right, and that they tried to abolish that a year ago, and they've uh, somebody uh, argued it in court, and they gave it another year, and it went out on appeal, and then the superior court just unanimously voted that the um, judgment was was sound, and that uh, they've got to take it now to superior, or I think it's superior court, 
this March um, to rule again on it. So they might uh, either allow people to continue to grow or they might stop them. Right. But it's pretty much based on the fact that there isn't very many medical marijuana facilities out there. And if you contact a lot of them and try and become a patient, uh, they 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 won't bring you on as a patient because they can't guarantee their supply right now. Right. So they're building up. Yeah, that's the thing. They're um, uh, they they haven't done the. There's enough applications in there. They they should have that going more gangbusters. And Which just, makes you wonder why their health can isn't giving more approvals as, as opposed to putting yeah, a seemed, halt on it. So I, there's something going on, and we'll find out between the election and between. There's a ruling in March. We'll see what's... Uh... You want to know what Mike's conspiracy theory is? Okay. Go for it. Mine is that this is what they think. They think it might become an election issue because Trudeau's been uh, pretty uh, vocal about wanting to go uh, full legal, right? Right. And um, so they're probably uh, wanting to build their case that they're the um, other side of that. Right. If they feel that it's the, it's, it can be a, a polarizing issue. Well, their new uh, anti-drug laws for teens are quite cause quite an uproar. You know, the one where they show the smoke going through the, the glass tube formed into a brain. Mm-hmm. And excuse me, talking about uh, you know the effect on the teen brain. Right. And I would never suggest that most normal kids should even smoke marijuana probably till they're in their twenties because right. it, let your brain fully develop. No doubt about it. But there's no reason that an educated um, physician wouldn't necessarily prescribe something to a teen as opposed to giving them Ritalin or all these other drugs, right? Well, and, and the, the other thing, too, is What's that, the harm in that? How long have we been, uh, how long have we been doing real research? Not uh, very long, but it's starting to come out, and there's studies coming from all over the place, and a lot of it do with cancer. And you'd have to look, you know, you'd have to look online to, and start delving into it if you want to get into the details, but... They find that uh, using cannabis or cannabinoids uh, and derivatives, uh, even whole cannabis products, helps uh, cancer treatment. They they talk about more as being a, a, an add-on to traditional chemotherapies and things like that, which makes you wonder. You know, like right. the, there's definitely something going on there. So um, more will come out. You know, and well, as the U.S. flips, we're going to hear about it. And you know, medicinally. Some people may not like my opinion on this, especially old school pure smokers, but I don't think there's anything wrong with the big pharmaceutical companies getting a hold of these compounds and finding, you know, doing the research and finding what compounds do have the most benefit for what people and right. then dosing them appropriately and dosing them, uh, you know, consistently the way that pharmacies do. But I also think that there's, you know, the legalization aspect of it and and some people aren't necessarily some people just need to smoke marijuana they don't necessarily know why that that's not necessarily a condition that they that is diagnosable but it improves their life and that's a decision they come to some people smoke marijuana and they they realize real quick that it doesn't work for them other people it works for them yeah and you know i think it's our 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 right as humans to to make that decision yeah you know uh I mean, how many people have you ever seen coming, oh, I need a drink. You know, I had a rough day. I need a drink. I need a drink. I need a drink. We have all the freedom in the world. Right. Once you, it's regulated, once you're over a certain age, you can drink all you want. Right. And we all know how harmful that can be. I mean, we see lives devastated and destroyed. Right. I really don't, I, I can't recall ever seeing too many things 
of people's lives being destroyed by marijuana. And if it is, that's usually there's already the alcohol in the background, which is the yeah. true cause. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that 100. Yeah, yeah, I don't see a lot of uh, I don't see a lot of uh, marriages break up for weed. I just don't. I don't know, but maybe I'm not paying attention. But I haven't. I don't see like a lot of like domestic disputes when a guy's baked. You know, but right. you, you do well, you hear a guy you, having too much whiskey and hitting his wife. Oh, for sure. And you hear like the the I don't know whether it's a urban myth or whatever, but I've heard police say there are stories about police going to. And having the wife call and say, oh, he beat me up or whatever, and he's been smoking weed all day, and he's, you know, and the, the cops laugh and say, like, I severely doubt that he did anything to you, because <laughs> yeah. we never see it, <laughs> you know, and, and that's just life experience from their perspective, and a yeah. lot of police, if they're honest about it, you know, I think some of them are afraid to lose their jobs, because it is a huge business. How many people would lose their jobs if things become totally legal, U.S. and Canada? Oh, with the, we mean in the police force? Police force, law enforcement, lawyers, jailers, jail owners. Yeah, but um, me measure it to the other, measure it to the other side. I just think it's a lot, <clears throat> it's a lot, uh, it's a lot better. I, I think if they, if they did it, if. Well, I'm not worried about them losing their jobs. I'm saying that's why a lot of cops right. would be maybe hesitant to right. admit the, the, the truths that they see out there in the field. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think if it was all done above board, like, then. It was. It would just work better. I don't see that you can move on to some more of the serious drugs. And I and I and I think even those ones. I mean, I think you would anyways. I think there's certain people that they call it a gateway drug. I just think that it's probably the first drug people do. But people who are going to be true drug addicts will have, will get there regardless of what path they take. Right. Right. Like it's, some people might just go straight from booze to coke to. Crack to or math, you know, math. Who knows? Other people exist because they never happen to run with the crowds that smoke weed. Right, right. You know what I wonder is how many people that it's like potentially seeing... could have been drug addicts that don't because they did run across weed first and it was enough. Yeah, it's enough to cure their whatever ails and whatever hole they got in their in their. I just think it it affects everyone differently. It's like some things, like you said, sometimes it works and sometimes for some it'll work, for some it doesn't. Sure. And like for some people, uh, they. They work better. They can drink a cup of coffee. I can't drink a cup of coffee. You know, like it doesn't it doesn't do well with who I am. You know, right. I, I'm too high strung as it is. You know, like I, there's certain things I'm just not meant for, and that's the way it is with anything. And I think that uh, to rule out one of the options when the, the, your arguments against it are just kind of wearing so thin, the tipping point. Even I look even now, uh, people's parents. You know, because uh, now. Like people my age who are more open about it because they just accept it as things that people do in society or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, they would be even they're grown ups, like they're adults, they don't have to hide from their parents, right? It would be ridiculous for me to, like, you know, like uh, be worried that my mother would hear this because I like I'm a grown man, like, I did things, I do things, and I do it because I think it's the right thing to do. And well, if you're, like if it, you're a good son, you'd bring her over some cookies. <laughs> That's what I mean. Now, I hear old, like like more people like of that generation like that are like more, um, they've heard about friends or someone that they know or that's that had a problem, like a medical problem, and someone, one of their kids told them to try something, and, they've, and they, it would help them out. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear about these things all the time. You hear different examples popping out of the woodwork like all over the place, and you start to see... The attitude changing all over the place. You can see it with all ages. I can, you can see it where it's just more, it's not held with that same like fear that we were so, so bred into us that it's a scary drug. Or Mark whatever. my words, some big uh, affiliate, ABC, NBC, 
is going to run a special within the next 12 months, not because I know about it, just because I, I can see it happening if I have a crystal ball, that the, there's going to be old folks' communities and homes where marijuana is going to be advertised and promoted and with the baby boomers. I mean, if, if, mm -hmm. look at it this way. If something's going wrong and I'm not feeling too good and I can't take care of myself anymore and I'm talking to my kids and looking at my retirement income and saying, yeah, I'm going to go somewhere, right? Now we're looking, well, what kind of accommodations do they have? Can they drag my sorry ass around the golf course maybe? You know, is there a pool? Is there this? Oh, this one's that they've got, they promote marijuana. Right, right. Right? And I'm going, that's where I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So there's got to be, I know the Americans, they're unbelievable. If I'm they shit, jump on any opportunity <clears throat> they yeah, can. If I'm going to lie in a room all day and shit my pants, I might as well be baked. Right? Why yeah. not? Yeah. I'm not going out. If I'm going to be at that stage in my life, I might as well, what I got to lose? You know, at least I can enjoy the day. Maybe put a movie on and like it better. If sure. I, you know, you don't know. Maybe I got a roommate because I'm just living in a ward. Listen with like... to some tunes, you know, <laughs> yeah. get horned up and chase the old blue hair down the hall, you know. <laughs> right? At oh, the yeah. very least, you'll feel like eating. I won't be drinking any sure, that's for sure. That's Bring right. me some chicken wings, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You see? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Bag always... of... Whoa, bag of pretzels. I, I, I always thought that kind of about my dad. I said, you know, if my dad would just smoke more weed, it would probably be better because you never complain about my mom's cooking, you know? Like oh, he, it'd be he, delicious. He'd always be, like, looking for a project to do, right? <laughs> he'd just be, you know, a nice, it'd be a nice to keep him busy, you know? She just, might like it because he might chase her around the house a little more. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Maybe he'd be chasing her around. Well, I remember, you know, the three H's, right? Happy, hungry, and horny. That's from weed? Yes. Yeah, happy, hungry, and horny. I think that would work. I that, think that's pretty, if people thought real long and hard about it, it's pretty, it's pretty accurate, you know? Makes you happy and definitely makes you hungry and definitely makes you horny. So, yeah, it does. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, that should be the ending of the show. But I think we should talk about stoner movies to end it. Okay. Okay. So we watched the top ten stoner movies. They missed out on all the Cheech and Chong. No Cheech and Chong at all. Nice dreams. Oh, so funny. <laughs> and that, that's your. I watched all the Cheech and Chongs. I remember my dad watching, getting it on the t television with the UHF. We got Channel Fifty Seven, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was the Cheech and Chongs. Well, next up and movie. smoke, dude. Oh, of yeah. course, yeah. Those two are the. the, the I like Cheech and Chongs the next movie. I love that movie because it was the first one I saw. Eh? Okay, and I think yeah. it has a special place for me because I was like blowing my mind. And my dad never uh, partook in the in weed. Like to him, it was uh, something that uh, he never agreed with him. He wasn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't even. Uh, he just didn't ever agree. It wasn't his thing, right? Mm -hmm. He was a drinker, right? So to him, he didn't understand it. Oh, excuse me. And so, uh, but he liked the movies. Thought it was funny. Like he thought those guys were hilarious. Sure. You know. So I, I think. Well, if you go historically, it'd be like Cheech and Chong, then uh, probably like Fast Times, Ridge Mountain High, and then some offshoots. Like I remember, I laughed my ass off at the uh, Roseanne episode where her and Dan got high in the bathroom. You never saw that on regular TV, and there <laughs> it was, right? crack me up yeah. and then uh you what? know and now modern days like certain scenes too like there's a, a true romance quentin tarantino movie i love that uh, where was the spots spot pot smoking scene well though? brad pitt infantesimal oh, right, right, right. with, the, with his honey bear with his honey bear uh, uh toker super toker right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> i forgot it was. Who made one <laughs> he used to have one that was a football Oh yeah, it was great. You could, it was so cool. It was one of those mini footballs, and you'd screw the cap off, and you could put your pre-rolled uh, cigarette in there, and uh, you'd squeeze it. it. Had a little carburetor on it, so you'd squeeze it, and the smoke would come out the tip, and you could throw it around the room. 
Oh, yeah. So you'd be at a party and be like, hey, and throw it over and they'd squeeze the ball and just <laughs> heavy duty dragon smoke come out of it. I love that thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got paranoid one day and threw it out. That's what they got this. Uh, I see this product advertised called a, a Bud Buddy or something like that. It's the same sort of thing. Like it a was, bottle, like a water bottle or a. Yeah, like it's a, like a squeezy water bottle. <laughs> you just have a little, you just put the joint in the bottom, screw it in, and then you kind of puff, puff it twice and then. This football is 25 years ago, man. Like, that, this yeah, thing was, product, it was yeah. so great. And then no, no. people would make them. I'd go, I'd go to parties, somebody would have one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I used it's to have a, a like a hookah style bong. Right. And I, I, it was fun. It had four tubes that came out of it, except they put these weird caps on the end with a screen. And when you smoke it, even though it was going through the water, the screen would condense the, the oils in the, in the smoke. And it would start coming out of the screen like spaghetti. It was pretty gross. So we threw that one out. It was just a harsh reminder of, uh, you know, the what happens when you smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think from the list, though, you, you got to think, though, I think one of my favorite storm movies is Pineapple Express because that one's, like, realistic to me. Like, hilarious. I, I, definitely. I, I get the fact. I thought it's just hilarious that the, like, I get, I get the fact that they were, like where those guys were like just uh, inefficiently and, and their brains were going in the wrong directions and stuff like that. That's a more accurate thing than to me than the typical uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High Sean Penn character. Yeah, you know, he was Spicoli. more a, st- a stereotype. There's Stoner, no doubt. Right? When I went to Colorado, I was going to get to the story. When I went to Colorado, I was expecting people to be open, like, you know, businessmen and, and uh, you know, uh, all walks of life, just openly walking the streets, and if somebody wanted to have a, a, a joint, they would just light it up, and it would be free to amongst. Like this is my vision of what I was going to see when I was there, and it wasn't at all. Instead, when I went there, it was a bunch of, um, it was just a you know a bunch of people under bridges, uh, like uh, trying to hide that they're still was, hiding, uh, still hiding, and then uh, the people uh, like that were open about it were like the feral hippies that were dancing around in circles and yeah you know the ones that would show up at the 420 events every year and they make us look bad really people that smoke because it's not like that it's not a it's not a grateful dead parking lot everybody no you know if you want to be serious about this yeah sign petitions write your your mps uh you know come about as an intelligent human that way they can't discredit you as being a a dumb pothead Uh, it's the worst it's the worst it's an old stereotype and it's dying but it still prevails in a lot of in a lot of mindsets so yeah you know who you know who spoke out against uh or spoke up openly uh about smoking weed every day was uh, Montel Williams? You know, you know Montel Williams, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, and uh, he went into like talk to. Is that why he tried to find the the body in the vault? Was that him? No, that's, that's oh, that was Geraldo. Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> okay. Rivera. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he smokes weed every day, but he no. might. You know, Geraldo. I don't know. Geraldo uh, doesn't seem to be the type that smokes weed every day. Is he Mexican? I don't know Rivera. <laughs> Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I really missed out on that one. <laughs> That's okay. Oh jeez. Well, this is what happens when yeah. you smoke the bomb. <laughs> yeah, the technology's even worse. I haven't used one sound effect the whole time. Or all the Oh, we're good. probably everybody's probably really asleep except the stoners. <laughs> yeah. They're going, yeah. Yeah. They're, d- <laughs> they're on their second or third joint by now. Yeah. yeah. To this it's song. a good thing when you are listening to somebody talk about weed or do weed. You're like, yeah, hey, this be a good time to smoke a joint. It's like if you were to. And like uh, be watching a beer fest, you'd probably feel better if you're drinking a beer while. And stoners it. love weed stories. It's yeah. always like you get a bunch of stoners going, "Oh, you remember that time we got high? Everything starts with remember that time we got so high, and then yeah, yeah. you know." 
I remember that time, that first time when I did get high, that um, I had to uh, drive home. And uh, don't recommend Uh-oh. this to any of the kids that are not supposed to be listening to this and still snuck it in or whatever. I, God forbid it happens, but I, I hope it doesn't. But uh, or parents that are letting your kids listen to this one. Why I said I called the weed show. I called the weed show right at the beginning. You know, like it was totally inappropriate for children. Um, but I don't even think we said the f word that much at all, didn't we? It's probably been the mildest. I might show you've ever had. Talked about the government, yeah. But see how, how how brainwashed we are into thinking that weed's that bad. That here you're talking about this is a bad show. <laughs> We've never even we haven't even swore. Yeah, you know, haven't yeah. talked hardly Not about dirty. genitalia yeah. or you know screwing or fucking or anything. Oh, there you go, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, yeah throw them in. We can end them at the end. <laughs> if anyone's still listening, Jesus Christ, what'd you do it? What are you doing? <laughs> We may just go on all night. We can't help ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's fun. I don't know. To me, it's like that's the point of it all. It's not the 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 bad does not even come close to outweighing the good. So what? Why is it still an issue? Like I can't imagine. I the counter social stigma. More, social stigma. That's it. Yeah, and the people in the states, I think, it was more ingrained in them. Um, which is why Maybe that's why they bounce back faster and harder. Like they've come to the reality quicker. Yeah. I don't know. I expected us to be leading the charge on this one. Like but we've had more freedom, you know, maybe a lot more leeway. You know, you don't know too many guys have been thrown in jail because they got caught for possession. Yeah, that's true. You know, and down there they do. Yeah. It's unfortunate. A lot of unfortunate souls. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. What a back ass, stupid way of, of wrecking someone's life or turn them in the wrong direction. Like, this is really going to be good for society, everybody. Yeah, locking up a bunch of weed guys. Oh, way to go! And then yeah. you know, let's throw up, throw Tommy Chong in, in jail for selling bongs. Oh my goodness! A bunch yeah. of you know, and yeah. thank God they've come to their senses because I really think they have. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it seems like unless some now. Democrats get voted in, and then no, the Democrats are or the Democrats are the ones that have been good about it, haven't they? Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't. Think you, you may, yeah, I may, I'm just I, saying the bad guys. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Any anyone could be bad if it's like the the Republicans or Democrats. If they felt that the public uh, perception had tipped to their benefit, they're going to go after it, the benefit of it. So, I, I and my opinion is that as time progresses, uh, because I can't imagine. So one will talk the social benefits, the other will talk the fiscal benefits. Either way, it works for them. Either way. Yeah. Either way, it works. Either, uh, there's social benefits, uh, like multiple, and economic benefits, and mm-hmm. you know, like the whole thing. There's a there's arguments to be made on all sides of it, and there's the research has just begun. We've just started doing research on what the product can actually We've accomplish. Only just begun. <laughs> so you know that it's only going to get better. Is yeah. is what I mean. Like the amount of things that we're going to find out about. So I, I there's exciting times, and I and I hope Canada can actually get their act together and start moving on it. Let's go, Canada. Yes. People, talk to your MPs. Yeah, do it, honestly. I think we need more people standing up for it. And uh, once again, guys, I don't even know if I th- if I uh, plug my sponsors, but if you're listening, the few no, you people... Didn't, you didn't plug the sponsors. The few people that made it to the end of this show... I don't even know... If, and do we play the Haitian theme song? No. We didn't do we Haitian also, And we didn't uh, do something else, too. Oh, we got to do Haitian Dwarf, then, because no one knows what on. even happened with... Yeah, this is what happens. This is the lesson to be learned. This is the experiment. <laughs> we will run long, and we will talk about everything but what we were supposed to talk about and uh, forget everything we're supposed to do. So let's go back to the Haitian Dwarf uh, feedback, which will be brought to you by our good friends at VG Meats. Go on the Life in the Dutch Hall website, uh, www.lifeinthedutchhall.com, and click on the uh, 
the VG coupon and you print that out and you take it into VG, VG uh, Meats at either uh, Simcoe or Stony Creek and uh, you tell them it's for real, like you're not making it up and they will give you good deals on, on uh, their products. Uh, this uh, special is chicken wings and beef tenderloin. Good deals on it, so go on there and do it. I yeah. actually went in there for the first time. hadn't oh. been there before. Oh, really? Because of your show, and a uh, very nice shop, definitely. Good quality. Yeah, it's a good shop. They're yeah. running tight ship over there. So and thanks uh, to them. And uh, also go on the website and uh, click on my Amazon banner, and it can uh, send some of that money back out to help the show. And there's T-shirts for sale. We got another T-shirt order the other day. And... Um, so thank you uh, to people who are calling in for T-shirts. They're 20 bucks. If you send me an email at lifeinthedutchhallgmail.com, we'll make sure to send you a T-shirt. And um, follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook and all that shit. And so um, we got to go to the Haitian Dwarf now. Haitian Dwarf is, uh, was in peril last week. We were forced to issue an apology. And then the Haitian Dwarf is, uh, is now back. There's the Haitian Dwarf's feedback. Well, last week, of course, he was in great peril. We had to issue an apology to terrorists of some religious sorts, I guess. And uh, we did not know what happened. We sent out a tweet saying that uh, uh, we demand his immediate release, that their uh, their requests have been met. And uh, I got this message from him, episode 58. Five stars he gives me in all his trouble. He still always finds the time to click that fifth star to give me all five of them, and I really do appreciate that, Haitian Dwarf. He, this week he writes, I woke up on a park bench this morning, smelling of chloroform, and with a very sore anus, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. But my junk is intact. Alien abduction. Thank you, Dutch Hall. So, is there, no, our theory, I don't uh, I know you didn't listen to last, last week's show, but I'll tell you about it. Our theory was... Okay. That the uh, that the uh, the Haitian dwarf uh, who had been uh, kidnapped by these religious folks, he had a, he, they were gonna they were gonna chop his genitals off unless we apologized for comments we made, and so um, I apologized. You know, no big deal. I didn't want to hurt their feelings. If their feelings were hurt, I apologize. It was just a joke. You know, yep. so I apologize. No problem. And then they released the Haitian dwarf, but we had a, we were trying to go through what kind of religious folks they might be, and we had determined it was most likely the Jews because they are known for their uh, chopping the penis, uh, the tips of the penises off, you know? Okay. Like they're very skilled in that manner, and it's probably a misunderstanding, and that the, you know, whatever. That was the story we told. You can listen to the episode if you didn't. And so, uh, but uh, this doesn't, keeping in keeping with that, they would have a sore anus if it was just a random circumcision. Would, like, that would hurt your anus, right? Depends, I guess, how hard they pulled the foreskin. Might have, right might, have, might have pulled right down through the taint and right to the ass. Maybe. Could have pulled and maybe caused a little fissure. Or maybe they just have to hold him up, like to hold him straight. They just stick the thumb in the ass, like just to, <laughs> like a, like just <laughs> so he's not tipping over. You know, I don't know. Yeah. They probably have a jig made up for it. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Probably maybe it's not their thumb. Maybe it's like a little, a little peg yeah. that they put the little guy on when he's sleeping and then they can just work on his dick that way. Well, I know when I, when I, <laughs> when I man groom, I like to, it's not a good idea to do it when you're, 
you know, get it chubbed up a little bit first so you don't cut yourself, right? And get the, the skin a little more taut. Oh, you have to trim it so plump. May, maybe. I never thought about that. Yeah, maybe they throw that in there so it gets a little prostate work and gives them the chub, which allows it to cut up. Bingo, bango. You just nailed it. What they did, uh, Haitian Dwarf, I'm going to tell you what happened here. Or you have to find what happened was you're probably just in your hut. This is what I'm thinking is happening. It's all a misunderstanding. I got it all worked out for you. You're in your hut. There is a, a group of uh, of, of uh, people on a mission, uh, missionaries, like they happen to be Jewish doctors, that come into your village because there's an outbreak of schmegma that's making all the girls sick or whatever. <laughs> and then uh, and they come in as a humanitarian effort and they circumcise the village, which you are part of. That's my theory. Mm-hmm. It's only theory. And then uh, they conducted the procedure, you know. Uh, uh, he says his junk's intact, though. So they didn't even cut the foreskin. Well, that's where my theory falls apart. It just falls apart. And I said, I thought they put him up on a peg when they were giving him the... Uh, or well, no, they gave him a prostate exam and a circumcision and sent him on his way. Yeah. Well, or maybe, maybe they, said, they want to test my theory that the uh, dwarf genitalia are actually normal size. They just had to know. They had to see it for themselves. They heard the show, wanted to know, so they gave him a little prostate rub, so he got the chub and, went and confirmed. Oh, the prostate rub gave him the chub. Yeah. Ah, that's what it is, Haitian dwarf. You probably they wanted to see your legendary dong, which is uh, which I have bragged about quite a bit, and they are of uh, uh, admitted listeners to the show, which is a, relatively very large. They made this whole thing up. I think you were part of just an old ruse, and that sounds to me like who's going to be twisted enough to just make up a thing like this? The Mormons or the Scientologists? One or the other. I haven't figured it out. <laughs> it's got to be one or the other. Who's I, in I'd lean for the Scientologist. Scientologist. That's who probably it is. But Haitians don't generally have money, and I don't think they do much without money. What? They don't even want you, the Scientologist, unless you, don't unless think... you can pay them. Oh, no, no. You, you misunderstand. They're, they have the money, and what they like to do when you're filthy rich and you own everything, and you're just like, uh, like ridiculously rich, you're like, what do you want to do today? I'm like, ah, I've done everything. Let's go help some Haitian dwarves. No, they go, well, I want to go see the Haitian dwarves' dong. <laughs> Why don't we go over there, give them the old prostate rub, and see if it's as big as they say it is on Live from the Dutch Hall. And so they're like, yeah, let's get in a Learjet, fucking go to Haiti, find this guy, stick our thumb up his ass, and call it a day. Well, that's not... It's like Elvis going for a peanut butter sandwich in Denver. It's the same thing. That's know? that's not nice, because even though their genitalia are larger and normal-sized, I believe their anuses are actually dwarf size. So for them to actually go into the anus was kind of mean. You think that's true? That all sounds like horse shit to me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you're supposed to be a scientific correspondent. You can't throw them bullshit at the end like that. Sure you can. You should have heard some of my lectures in high school. I don't even... I made shit up all the time. <laughs> yeah, people just go around thinking that the bullshit you said was true all these years later. Of course. It's got to be true, Mr. Bowman. The trick, the trick is to to keep a straight face and, and throw in big words. Most <laughs> of the time, they don't know any different. <laughs> they just assume. <laughs> well, honestly, you do notice if a person's like um, like not following your train of thought like sometimes you ever talk to a person you've done a lot more thinking about a certain subject than they have like they glaze over and it's done yeah and you know you lost them like real quick but you still can't stop yourself from talking about (laughs) you ever you ever know that feeling i I, you know what (laughs) Uh, i i don't even care (laughs) 
If I'm on a roll, I just want to talk. I want to hear myself. <laughs> I know. It happens sometimes. What do you yes. think I'm here for? Yeah, I'm well, going to go home and listen now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're also a narcissist too, right? <laughs> uh, hopefully not too bad. <laughs> I'm the same, uh, I got the same way, obviously. I got a freaking shed just so I can talk because no one else <laughs> will talk to me. Like All they want to say is, what are you doing? And I'm more like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you don't want to listen to me. <laughs> anyway. That's the show, everybody. That's well. That's the Haitian Dwarf feedback, and we got the pl- the plugs in and everything. There you go. You're all that's good. To, you're good to close her up. So I gotta say to everybody, thank you to my my guest Tom Bowen. It's nice to have a person that's as well read as you uh, about a subject matter that I think is important as far as getting the just to kind of putting any sort of a feel out for the, getting rid of any social stigma that's involved in this and seeing the greater good that can happen of it. And I think Canada needs to get off their behinds and actually uh, join the rest of the world in trying to help people. Just uh, you know, in- incorporate weed into their life if it benefits them. You know, and, and and for all those people out there who don't smoke weed, and if you're nasty to your kids and you're unhappy, I would say that maybe you should try it, see what it does for you. You never know. Leading into my uh, '80s or, or early 2000 uh, motto from Dr. Dre, we have. <laughs> Here we go, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening, and tell your friends, and we'll see you next week. One, two. Hope you're ready for the next episode. Hey. Smoke weed every day. (laughs) I think the ending went almost